0: Hello, my name is Gabe. This is Soren. And today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the book, Everything Sad is Untrue. Soren, what did you think about the book?
1: I thought the book was great. I thought it was a great view of the world from the eyes of a seventh grader. What did you think? I think roughly
0: the same thing. I think it was well-organized, paced. I love how it, it never got uninteresting. And I think I would recommend it.
1: Okay. So, um before this podcast we emailed daniel Iri to ask him if he could come on today and unfortunately he couldn't uh but we emailed him a q a and he emailed us back with some uh questions and answers all right
0: i will be answering i will be asking the questions
1: i'll be answering the questions
0: first question is how difficult was it to read the book and did you struggle writing the book
1: I was terrified of telling this one, it was the story I was most familiar with, but I also felt the crushing to the obligation of my family to get it right. So it took me years and years to finally finish it.
0: Second question was, what was your favorite story to tell and why?
1: I like telling the story of the poop trench of the torneo because both of them are so bonkers that people can hardly believe them. The people in my life, Ray, my sister, etc. were all so driven and I'll admit, I was too. Playing tug-of-war with her tornado was just the type of thing I grew up thinking I could do.
0: Third question is, what do you love about writing, and do you think it have an impact on people?
1: Sure, writing has an impact on people, but it's a fraction of the impact that people have on people. That part is always important for me to remember because I love writing. I love crafting interesting sentences, and I'm always in danger of overvaluing it more than loving the people around me.
0: Fourth question is, what did it feel like to look back at all these memories?
1: As a writer, it's important to embody a scene, get into it and feel as the characters would feel. But there isn't also a part of you that is removed from the experience, crafting it with the same cold precision of a carpenter to carbon a block of wood. If you keep the balance of the pathos, the feels as some of the youngins might say, and the technique, then you can create your best work.
0: Last question is, would you change anything about this book?
1: So many things. I can't read the book without cringing, so I tried to avoid it as much as possible. Anytime I'm asked to do a reading, I spend most of my time rewriting the pages in my head. And the fact that there are any passages at all that I'm proud of is a big accomplishment for me. There's an oft quoted phrase that artwork is never finished, only abandoned. I feel that way. And that's the end of the questions that we sent him. Okay, so next I'll be reading out some quotes conveying power throughout the book, which is a pretty big theme, probably the biggest theme throughout the book. Um, so the first one would be maybe I should thank him for showing me that any power of one person over another is built on the threat of violence. So I think that this quote is trying is like trying to depict that power is kind of built on threats for the most part, or it's most easily built on. There are definitely other ways power can be uh, kind of built. But um, especially this is present in iranian government which is what he's talking about in this context which is that uh the iranian government threatens persecution to anybody who doesn't follow religion laws and so by just by that alone uh everybody kind of perceives it as the iranian government has the most power and uh the second one is But that was the moment I realized that myths are just legends that everybody agrees on. And legends are just stories that got bigger over time. And I think by this, he's trying to convey that like the morals and stories and stories are passed on from generation to generation and eventually um, have power over people like the morals. Like let's let's take for instance, the boy who cried wolf. That's a, I think it's a South American myth that um the moral is just don't lie and that story's been around for generations and generations and it keeps getting passed on and everybody learns it and the morals and it kind of has power over that person and the way they act throughout their lives um the third one is reading is the act of listening and speaking at the same time with someone you've never met but love even if you hate them it's a loving thing to do you speak someone else's words to yourself and hear them for the first time. And I think by this, he's trying to convey, going back to the first point, that um, power doesn't only have to be built on violence, or you don't even have to meet anybody to have power over them. Like through his stories, he has power over his teacher, just talking about like all the stuff he's been through in Iran. And he's kind of saying that you don't really need to talk or even meet anyone in person to have power over them it's just you can have power over them just by them reading your words or kind of just reading your stories and then the fourth one the fourth and final one is I know it's hard to believe that the kid on welfare used to be a prince in Iran but it's true I had uncles and Nintendos in a large house with flowers all over the walls and by this This is kind of the biggest point about power or the most kind of obvious, but uh, he had a lot of power in Iran and it was seen that way just by his family's wealth and how powerful his family was just by, like I said, their wealth or how big their house was or how much land they owned. And now he lives in like an apartment on welfare on the outskirts of Oklahoma city. And so it's kind of like, he lost all of his power when he came to America. And so now like he, he's much less respected because like he's poor. And so everybody just kind of takes more pity on him, I guess. And yeah, that's, that's it. Thank you for listening. Lastly, I just wanted to sum up all my thoughts into one final statement uh, about the theme of power throughout this book and just the overall message. And I think the overall message is honestly, um, him moving to America kind of lost him all his power. Uh, him moving from Iran to America, they had to leave everything and just get out of the country as fast as possible. And I think it really just like stripped him of all his power because in Iran, he was, ex- he was like, he had a reputation, right? He had uh, a lot of money and a lot of land. So everybody kind of respected him. And then when he moved to America, He kind of lost all that because nobody had an expectation of him anymore because he was just some poor Iranian kid. And um, I think that really is the main theme is that power is built on wealth and expectation of how this person is going to act or be just based on their financial state. And thank you for listening.